I'm Asan. It's Friday, and this is the Friday show. Uh, first big game of the season is upon us against the Red Scouts. Joining me to preview it are the 9320 heavyweights, Howard and Lloyd. Firstly, welcome, Howard. How was the holiday? Yeah, uh, a very distant memory. Very, very distant memory. They fade very quickly, and I realise that you've I've done, done a pod. Yeah, since, that was a day after since, since yeah. your holiday. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. long, it's it long wasn't... forgotten now. Another year to another one. So, okay, excellent, Lloyd. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Just got back how from France. Yeah, how was your holiday in the south of France? Yeah, it was decent. The uh, the weather in Stockport here is absolutely shite, so it's been a bit of a <laughs> been a bit of a comeback from thirty degrees back down to thirteen. So, yeah, quite an acute south drop. Of France. <laughs> South of France to Stockport is quite a, quite quite a, drop, a culture shock. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, okay, uh, as I always like to do, uh, I've got an opening question. Are you as excited about Guardiola this season as you were going into last season? And if not, why not? Lloyd, you first. Yeah, I am, I am as excited. Um, I think it's a little bit of a different level of excitement in that before last season, it was... It was almost a bit of a shock, even though we knew we were getting him. It was still a bit, it was a bit like, wow, he's actually Guardiola's actually going to be our manager. This is going to be mad. Um, so there was more of the unknown, and we obviously didn't. He'd not managed our club before, so a lot of little um, little things that you don't really notice until obviously someone's your manager. But I, I, I'm, I am as excited. Um, but yeah, I think it's a different level of excitement because we're aware of. The deficiencies in the squad and the team and obviously I've been relatively vocal in thinking that some of them haven't been addressed and that the squad might be a bit short but I'm actually <laughs> quite excited to see how Guardiola deals with these players now and Richard Jolly wrote a really good piece today which was basically saying because obviously people have been banding all this stuff around about checkbook manager and all that but I think at the end of the day whilst I'm not 100% with the squad it's actually going to be really interesting to see how Pep is going to work with these players and if he can you know, do what essentially we brought him here to do, which is improve the players that we've got and maybe bring on a couple of the young players potentially. So, yeah, I am really excited. Um, I think um, seven points from nine, obviously we'd have wanted nine, but to be honest, probably take that given the performances. I think we're only going to get better. So, yeah, good things to come, hopefully. Okay. Um, Howard, what about for you? Still still buzzing about Pep? Uh, well, for much of the reasons Lloyd said, no, not quite as excited as last season. Because I don't think I could have been more excited than last season. Because uh, we had, I mean, it was announced, was it January? I was bouncing yeah. off walls then. So, and of course, why were you so excited going into last season? Then, what, what, what was it? Just the fact that I guess he was high. He, sorry, what? Well, because we got Pep Guardiola. Because Little City got Pep Guardiola, uh, and even though the performances in the first ten games were nothing amazing, the fact that we still won them, it just felt like. Well, he's gonna, you know, he could make this look easy. You know, it's just, mm. and it's not even his side yet. And he's gonna, you know, and I was just reading up and listening to our, all the pods and just how he would build it stage by stage. And it just, I guess, the hype. I went along with the hype, and it's like it was the biggest managerial appointment we've probably ever made. I don't, you know. Uh, so what's not to be excited about? And of course, coming off a very dreary. Pretty last, you know, last season with Pellegrini. Uh, so, yeah, this season I'm more excited about the team than I was last season. So, I, the excitement is not—it's not dipped hugely because I, I want to now see what he does with this team. 
Uh, it's got more of his players. It's a more exciting team, I think. It's more vibrant, a uh, bit more pace. So there's still plenty of excitement there, but I don't think it can match. Uh, and I know he's under pressure that he has to do stuff this season. So, And I didn't feel he had to last season. I thought he would do, but you know, I didn't think he had to win everything last season. So it's not quite up to the levels of last season, but still, I mean, there's plenty to be excited about. Okay. Um, do you think do you think he's under pressure to win this season? Yeah, but I think a lot of there's a lot of people under pressure, a lot of managers, a lot of players. So, yeah, that's his job. I'm sure. I can't I can't work him out. He's a very fidgety, nervous person. At the you know, even when he's just chatting to Noel Gallagher in a pre-season, he was all over the place. Uh, it's hard to work him out to know what he's thinking. I don't know how much he feels pressure or not, or if he just accepts this is my life. So, uh, I think we sometimes feel it more than the managers do. I don't know because they move on and get another job. But yeah, he's got he's got yeah. a obviously with the out yeah you know, with his reputation with the money was spent. He can't go two seasons without winning anything. Okay. Um. Let's talk a little bit about Liverpool. Unless Lloyd, unless you want to add to anything that Howard said there. No, that's covered it. I think he, I think he's probably the most under pressure manager in the league again, um, because I think just United being United, they could probably get away with um, coming second and you know maybe winning uh, like the Carlin Cup or Carab. Caravan Cup or whatever it's called these days. <laughs> close close um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think Pep's probably under the most pressure. But you know that's that's just how it is. So, and I'm sure I'm sure he knows that. And I'm sure he's ready to deal with it. So it's nothing okay. we didn't expect. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I want to answer that question actually <laughs> very quickly. Um, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not as excited as I was going into next season, uh, going into this season as I was last season. Um, and I think that for me. That that really that's what sort of why I asked that opening question because I realised over the last couple of days, maybe the last week or so, um, that doubts have begun to creep creep in for me um, about aspects of of Pep's coaching and management, um, and so whereas from a distance he looked like the perfect perfect manager. For any club anywhere and he looked like he was a level above and a cut above everybody else um i maybe don't have that confidence anymore um and i'm more i don't want to say that he's got to prove himself because a man who's won as many trophies as he has doesn't have to prove anything to anybody um but i think in terms of his kind of time in the premier league i think this this season will be a, an incredibly defining one for him and if he gets it right, I'll probably go into next season as excited as I was going into last season. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Liverpool. Um, Lloyd, first question for you. Why are Liverpool so dangerous and why have we struggled against them so much? Uh, not just last season, the last couple of seasons. They've dished out some tonkings um, at the Etihad as well. Uh, yeah, why do you think we're struggling against them so much? To be honest, I think it's pretty simple. Um, Liverpool are probably the best counter-attacking side in the league. Um, obviously, when they, they struggle when they play some of the smaller teams in that um, when Coutinho is not playing particularly, they struggle to break break teams down. But on the break, they are deadly. And we are the most probably possession, 
heavy-based team in the league. And so we're complete opposites. Um, and last season, there were so many times where against them when we had eight, nine players in their half and you get caught, John Stones makes a poor pass or Clichy did something stupid. And the speed with which they could transition from a press to basically a break is just startling. And they've obviously... I think they've got better at that now that they've bought Salah as well. And Firmino's bedding into that role um, of being the number nine. I think he's such a good number nine in that system because, again, he's just so good in transition and he's so good at, at pressing. And he normally only takes one or two touches and just releases Sane or um, Mane or Salah. So I think it's basically because often we left so much space behind the fullbacks. Um, we, I remember back to the Etihad game, we were just leaving gaping spaces hopefully that should be rectified by um, Walker and Mendy. So that is encouraging. Uh, but then we also then leave a lot of space in and around and behind Fernandinho. So, and I don't think that's that's going to be addressed or something that we have, have had addressed. So there, there are concerns, but I do think um, in the wide areas we'll be better dealt um, with dealing with them just in terms of organisation, but also in terms of pace and recovery of Mendy and Walker. Okay. Um Howard, a uh, similar, similar theme for you. Uh, I appreciate what Lloyd's saying about Liverpool being arguably the best counter-attacking side in the league. Would you also say that they're the best counter-pressing team as well? And maybe that's something that we have also yeah. struggled with when we've played against them. And what I mean by counter-pressing is just, I remember uh, at the Etihad, uh, particularly in um, uh, two seasons ago, uh, when we had... Um, Mangala at centre half, yeah. and I think it was Mangala and Demichelis. Mangala and Demichelis game, yeah, yeah. Um, but they pressed us really high, and they won the ball high, and we just couldn't settle and we couldn't play football the way that we wanted to play. Um, do you think, as much as the counter attacking, their pressing, uh, particularly in the opposition half? is one of the reasons why we've struggled against them. Uh, yes. Yes to everything Lloyd said. Yes to your, to what you've just said. I mean, it's not just them. I mean, I remember Southampton gave us the word around when they had, you know, where they started pressing, you know, uh, pressing our midfield a lot. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a big issue because they've got, they've got the work ethic there to supply the front three, you know, that vibrant front, fast front line. So... Yeah, I think all I can say is yes. I think we have to, and we have said in the past. I mean that that Tonkin they did was it? Two, I don't know if it was, was it two seasons ago when they were three 0 up. But part of symptomatic of us coming out just expecting to pass it, you know, pass, pass, pass for a bit, and just taking unawares. I've said in the past, slow starts to games. We can't have a slow start to the game again for starters. They are going to press. They're going to be high energy. We have to do the same. And it's, di- it's yeah. a dichotomy of that central midfield. You want workmanlike players. You know, Henderson will get slugged off. Can's been slugged off plenty. When Adams been up and down, you know, but they are going to put. The, they're going to put the the yards in, aren't they? And just you know, they'll supply the bullets for the front three. You've got all the energy, the pace, and the movement. So. We've got a. I mean, we'll discuss it in a bit. It is a problem against pressing teams. We've not been very good against it in recent years, and it's mm. going to be an interesting dilemma, which we'll discuss in a bit, of what team to pick against that. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Lloyd, are they stronger than they were last season? When you look at the the business that they've done in the summer, um, are they? Yeah, are they are they significantly more dangerous in any areas? I think on the whole they're stronger, but there are areas of weakness that, for whatever reason, they just haven't addressed. Um, so that's goalkeeper. I think obviously Mignolet had a decent season last season, but I think we can all agree that he's not the quality. Um, that you want if you're going to be pushing for potentially the league, Champions League. Centre-back, they didn't buy a single centre-back, so I think the same old problems exist there. But I think in midfield, they're stronger (coughs) in that Henderson is now back. He was out for most of last season. Chan has kind of come on leaps and bounds and Wijnaldum looks to be bedding in. I think that as a midfield three, especially against the big teams, which we discussed on the last podcast, I think that is the perfect formula, to be honest. I think they're very strong in the middle of the park. And then up front, obviously, Salah has given them an extra dimension in that they're not, they don't just have Mane as their single attacking outlet. They can go either way now. And like Mane, he's a goal scorer as well. So I think attacking wise, they're probably even stronger, um, which is a little bit scary given that they were pretty, pretty good last year. And then I think they're a bit more solid in midfield, but the same old problems exist. Defensively, they're a bit of a shambles and Mignolet uh, or Karius can easily drop a bollock. So um, there's areas for, for us to expose but yeah looking forward particularly look going forward they're looking very good okay excellent uh, Howard what about for you yeah exactly so the, the weakness is defence so uh, but a lot of that weakness is set piece you know they're very poor at set pieces still uh, I don't think he's got defenders that truly embrace zonal marking or he's not sure what his first goalkeeper is so you know so <laughs> Some problems we're, we're quite uh, familiar with in the past. Uh, so the, pro- the question is, you know, who makes the most of their attacking prowess? Uh, yeah, my concern, as Lloyd said, is have they got more in central midfield? Obviously, we've got, you know, we've got brilliant players in De Bruyne Silva who may be a bit deeper, but they're not the players that were kind of playing deeper than perhaps they should be. So, yeah. Uh, and it's not going to be nil-nil, basically. Uh, I just think, you know, it's who takes chances, because even if you think back to last, what was it, one all in March, that was just a ridiculous game, really. Um, it could. You mean you mean New Year's Eve? No, 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 the, the home game. Uh, we drew one all, didn't we, when they should have had... We... Oh, it could have been like three all. Yeah, when, when basically yeah. Milner took Sterling out, but never got anything, and so on all the penalty appeals and it was a crazy game and it could be very similar to that and it could add, it could really rest on who takes chances and my concern is as always uh, missing chances so but I think we will get them uh, I think we'll dominate the ball but they're, they're such a huge threat on the counter attack aren't they so which may affect the formation we choose so yeah no, I think I think I think all of that is fair um, what do you expect so do you expect Klopp to change much from let's let's use the Arsenal game, uh, Hoffenheim and Arsenal games where where they've played played that four feet four three three that he favours a lot. Um, Lloyd, do you expect him to stick with that, or do you expect him to potentially use a back three? I'd be really surprised if he changed it. To be honest, I think that system has showed how well it can work against big teams, and I think. Uh, having the the three in central midfield, I think 
for them is just such a plus and it gives them an element of control and that all of them are a little bit different um and but one thing that kind of they're all aligned with is they're all really hard workers so i'd be really surprised if Klopp didn't go with that i think the only change they'd, they'd probably bring robertson in because he was i think he had a um his wife had a child so he missed their game against arsenal but yeah i'd be really surprised if they didn't go for that team yeah i totally agree i mean i think mini lane might come back in as well because there's talk he might do but i think he did he's dabbled with the three at the back end and i think last season he did it a bit when Mar- uh, when marnie was not available you know for some reason i don't mm. know the reasoning behind it but he you know, solidified further back maybe because they didn't have the attacking strength but if you're coming off a 4-0 win against arsenal as poor as they were can't seem changing much to be honest uh, and obviously, I mean, obviously, Coutinho's back, but I don't think he'll start, and I don't think Oxley Chamberlain would start. I just don't see him changing the the shape after such a, a great result. Is that not a little bit arrogant? Because isn't there a big difference between playing Arsenal at home and playing Man City away? Yeah, there is. But as as you alluded to in the notes, you sent, he's <laughs> not really gonna. It's not going to be sure what formation we'll play. So. I don't think it's arrogant to keep a successful formation or to, to keep a team uh, because, you know, it'll, it'll okay. just, no, no, you know, no. because of the chances they created, I don't I don't see why going away to City would, you know, I, just because we don't, we might not pay as, play as poorly as Arsenal doesn't mean that the system won't work. Uh, mm. it, you know, it's a working okay. system. Okay. Lloyd, what about for you? Yeah, no, exactly the same. I think I think it's a formula that works, um, and I think it's the kind of thing that I think that front three is so, are so good um, as the three of them that if you give them quick ball, I think it's almost deadly. And you don't actually need, I don't think, a Coutinho um, playing deeper, playing in that kind of central three against any of the big teams. I think that's the perfect formula. And then when they need to say, unlock teams at home that are going to come and sit in against them, then obviously you replace one of Chan or um, or Henderson for Coutinho. And I think you've got your, you've got your team pretty much there. <coughs> okay. Um, now, obviously, we've, we've spoken about the, uh, their strengths on the, on the counter-attacks, the, the, particularly the pace that the, the two wide, wide men have got. Um, would you expect them both to start, Lloyd? Well, Salah and Mane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Okay. Would you? Um I, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm a little bit wary of getting into the mindset that well, they slapped Arsenal playing that team, so it's really obvious that Klopp is just gonna go ahead and pick that team again. Um It's just that that, that, th- that team I think they that Sky covered it after the game. Um Liverpool's record in the six in like the sixteen top six games that Klopp has played is like nine wins, six draws, and a loss. And they've virtually always played that system and that and that kind of team with three, and then three ahead. So it's just a, for, a it's just a formula that I, I think they'd be mad to move from. I mean, I'd I'd be very pleased if they went back three. I'd, I think that would be amazing for us. Okay, so let's say they don't go with the back three. Let's say they do go with the four three three, and they've got they've got Salah and they've got and they've got Mane. Um, are we? I mean, it's obvious, but we're better equipped to deal with them, much better equipped to deal with them this season than we were last season, yeah? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I think 
the the full the fullback area is is the big thing. I think we'll still struggle in mid- central midfield, but we always struggle a little bit there in that we've only got one genuine holding midfielder. But that I remember that one one game uh, um, last season so many times. Uh, Firmino and etc. got in behind the fullbacks, and one now we shouldn't have that problem because I think Walker and Mendy are much better at pressing and basically engaging. And then if they do um, balls up, then they'll have the pace to match them to get back. So it won't be a situation uh, like with I always think of Mane at Southampton when he just does does Kolarov, and then Kolarov's just absolute toast. We hopefully won't have any any situation like that. So I think. The fullback should make a really big difference. Okay, um, Howard, do you agree with all that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, well, yeah. The main thing with the fast, I mean, even so, with Walker for England, you know, his pace gets him out of trouble. Uh, I would hope that the pace of our fullbacks would. Yeah, you know, it depends how far upfield they are and if they're caught out, but they're going to have to be. Disciplined, uh, but it sh- this should help. My main problem, you know, remember the one always Otamendi being exposed as well. And if mm. he's up against Mane, then we've got pro- you know repeated times, just like last season when a lot of the times we had you know one of the someone like Costa or Hazard one on one against defenders. We don't want to be in a position like that. I mean, we really don't. We're in big trouble if that is happens repeatedly on Saturday. Hasn't Pep said loads of times though that that's sort of the expectation <laughs> of 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 City's defenders. That's why they have to have big cojones because they have to defend one-on-one with 40 yards behind yeah. of space. I just don't think it's a very sensible policy for any team, really. <laughs> you just, it's not, that's not how you build a defence, is to let your defenders have one-on-ones with world-class players. I just don't see... Yeah, you know, I don't see the reasoning behind it, but, yeah, I don't know. Like that's it. Ottoman is the... I say is, Mane did him. I think it was the first, in the one all of the first half. He was completely done by Mane, and I think I think Caballero was in goal until that day and saved well. Uh, so that's one of the big worries. Uh, but yeah, the speed of the fullbacks and if they. C- I think Otamendi's been our best defender yeah, yeah, this season. I'm- I think both statistically and just in terms of what my eyes tell me, uh, in terms of consistency, he's been our best defender. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's been great at the build up, and it doesn't mean that you know. He's been spraying 40-yard passes that reach their target, but as just as a defender, uh, he's done yeah. his job all right, which... No, that's, for that's fine. I'm not is... going in on him, but, you know, he is as fast as he is. He can't make himself faster. Uh, he's up no, against a very, very rapid front three, so, yeah. Mm. It'll be one of the key matchups on Saturday that could determine the game, so... Okay. Um, Lloyd, what about for you? To be honest, this might be controversial but um I although I do think Otamendi has been our best defender I wouldn't play him against Liverpool um definitely not if we're playing a back four anyway well obviously he has to play in a back three but if we're playing a back four I wouldn't play Otamendi um I don't I don't think we'll need a lot of his attributes um in that Liverpool aren't going to be sending long balls forward so he's not going to be having to deal with headers like against Bournemouth and against Everton um I actually think we'll need Stones' ability on the ball as well. I think Stones needs to step up, obviously, but I think we'll we need his ability on the ball to kind of get through Liverpool to press because that is essentially how you beat Liverpool. Um, and I just don't think we need both Otamendi and company against Liverpool. I just I, I don't think that's a good idea. I'd be 
Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go for Stones personally. Okay. Um, this is for both of you, but Lloyd, you can answer it very quickly. Do you think that Klopp has a little bit of an advantage over um, other Premier League managers when it comes to facing City because of his history with Guardiola in the Bundesliga? Because it's a very recent history as well. I think probably, yeah, to an element. Um in that he'll, he'll have sussed, well, he did suss out some of um, how to play against Guardiola's team when he was at Dortmund um, and got a bit of a formula. And to be honest, that formula is pretty much transposed into what he's doing at Liverpool. Um, mm. it's, it's very similar. And it's worked, it worked in Germany. I think Klopp has got, I think I'm right in saying Klopp has got pretty much the best record of any manager against um, Guardiola, I think. Um, yes, he does. So, you know, yeah, I think he's definitely got an advantage. Okay. Um, Howard, what weaknesses do you think Liverpool have got and do you think we're capable of exploiting them? Yeah, well, we've touched on it. It's a defence, isn't it? Uh, now, as I, also, as I said very quickly earlier, the, I think they're absolutely appalling at set-pieces, corners and that, and that's not really our forte. Uh, the question is, if we dominate the ball and we get out of that defence, you know, the more of the ball we have, it's simple mathematics, isn't it? We test their defence more than they test ours, then hopefully we'll be okay. Mm. Uh, we just have to we have to think- match them for energy, really. You know that that middle three because it's not it doesn't have the skill in the ball that ours does. But if they're just there to supply the front three, then it doesn't have to be. Uh, you know they can easily blot out our attacking threat. So. But we've got to get at that defence, really. I mean, as you say, they've got two young full-backs. They don't know what the best keeper is. Lovren's not been great. You know, he's been up and down. Not, there's nothing special there. Uh, to be fair, we said the same thing last season. Yeah. And not being funny, but we didn't really... I don't want to say we didn't lay a glove on them, but we, we if we did, we only laid one glove on them. Do you know what I mean? Anfield, you like, mean, uh, In both the games... In, in, in both the games, I didn't think that we were... Um, I, I don't think that we cre- we created enough chances against Liverpool in either game for us to be sat here now going, yeah, Lovren, Matip, yeah. Uh, Klein, Moreno or Milner, whoever plays at full-back, that back four, that's easily get outable. I mean, yeah, on paper it is easily get outable, but if you look at how we did last season, it's not like we've got massively different attacking players. We've got the same... In fact, we've got the same but one less attacking option in terms of the fact that we don't have Kalecci. Um, But yeah, Uh, Lloyd, what about for you? Do you think think it's a little bit too... Do you think it's a bit too easy to say, oh, well, you know, the weakness is their back four and we should be getting at them? Do you think there's some merit in what I've just said that, well, we didn't... Maybe they're not that bad because we didn't lay a glove on them last season. No, I think there is some merit. And their their record um, in these big games shows that. So in the 16 games that Klopp's played, um, the most goals they've conceded in any one game is one. Across, against the, uh, against the, the rivals? Yeah, that's the most they've ever conceded. They've never conceded two or three. Um, so in the big games, I think they obviously defend really well. I think Liverpool's problem is often concentration, like Howard said. It's set pieces. 
And then when the back four go to sleep um, against some of the worst teams and those concentration levels drop, generally, every time I've watched them in a big game, defensively, they've looked pretty good. Um, but I think it is, it is still valid that there's, there's many other levels for us to go up. I mean, specifically referencing that Anfield game last season, it was, that was a terrible performance and we came out of the block so, so slowly. You know that Liverpool are going to come out really fast, hit you with the first kind of 15, 20 minutes like, at surge. And everything was just so slow. And so I, I think we can, de- we can definitely get at them. It's just about, it's just about the players showing it, really, and, and you know, moving the ball quickly and not going into kind of a system of a couple of seasons ago where we allow them to get back, start playing it around slowly, they nick it, and then suddenly you know, we're in the shit. Mm. Uh, are you worried about our home record? Our home, in fact, forget our home record. Are you worried about our home performances over the last twelve months? Um, not as much the performances. I think definitely the results. The performances have generally been been pretty good. And again, I don't like to talk about referees, but we have had some absolute stinking decisions at the Etihad over the last twelve months that have prevented us winning quite a few games. To be honest, um, yeah. So I think that tide will turn eventually. Uh, but I generally, I think the performance has been really good. I mean, the Chelsea performance was a pretty amazing performance for the first 60 minutes. Uh, the Spurs game, we absolutely battered them. Um, we did all right in the Liverpool game. So I'm not, but I think it is, some, it is something that might be on the player's mind. And we do need to, you know, we need to stop talking about performances and start getting results. And I, I think this game is actually, even though it's so early and it's stupid to talk about how important the, game is four games into the season but I think this game has a bit of symbolism in that we need to you know we need to beat a good team at home yeah we need we need a Guardiola performance but we'll we'll, we'll come to that um, Howard let's look at this from a City point of view how do we come into this game in terms of confidence did the international break come at a good time uh, no well they never come at a good time uh, they're just a waste I don't. Did they come at a good time? Not really. Not after a 97th minute winner against Bournemouth. But then again, yeah, we shouldn't need a 97th minute winner. So I don't think it's really made much difference. They'll have gone off around the world uh, and they'll come back and the confidence will be okay. I don't think it's neither really high. Uh, Yeah, from what you see, the. The atmosphere looks good in the camp, so. Uh, but the problem is, of course, you've got people coming back at different times and not much training in the last couple of weeks. But everyone's got that, so you know it's not just City. And I don't think it's really come at a bad time, a good time, or whatever. I think we're doing okay, and yeah, <laughs> that's that really. Are you surprised that we've not hit the ground running this season, Howard? Uh. Not really, because it's. Yeah, I don't. I just. Yeah, but the problem, the problem is last season we didn't really hit the ground running. I know we were terrible in our first game. We got the results, but the performances weren't brilliant. Uh, and with the summer, some players coming back later, and you know, and a lot of the new signings didn't start. Don't really surprise me that much. But yeah, I expect. I expected that we'd overpower teams but I think what did surprise me yeah the first half at Everton you know forgetting the bad refereeing decisions we were pretty poor before then anyway 
And uh, mm. yeah, I did expect a bit more uh, to come out the traps a bit quicker than this, to be honest. But early season, you just don't really know what's what's going to happen, do you? So only only small surprise. But yeah, you just you're waiting, aren't you? You're waiting for this team to click yet again. Mm. Lloyd, what about for you? To be honest, I, I've I've been very surprised that we haven't started the season that well. Um, and everything kind of was leading into it perfect in that um, the players seem to be understanding the system quite well um, in pre-season. We got the players in really early and obviously the point of that is to allow them to bed in. Almost all of them um, had you know minutes over pre-season, had been with the squad for a couple of weeks. Even Mendy, you know, he, ha- he wasn't fit, but he'd have been with all the lads training training and having massages and stuff for around three, four weeks. So yeah, I, I was quite su- I am quite surprised at our starts of the season to be honest. And we had we've had pretty good fixtures in that, you know, you'd expect nine points from those games. Um Everton are, you know, a decent team, but at home you'd expect to beat them. And it's just a little bit worrying in that I thought we were gonna kind of the Brighton games and the Bournemouth, I thought we were just gonna like how it said overpower teams like that this season with the with the firepower that we've got and things coming off the back of last season things were looking so fluid going forward and you know we were hitting teams for four and five and so so to see teams like United um, and I know they've scored in the last minute in some games but you know they've killed teams off kind of 4-0 4-0 and that's kind of what I was expecting us to do to be honest Okay Um, Do you think that's down to so I'm going to bring this back around to Pep a little bit because I would, I would tend to. I, I'm, I'm kind of more on your side of the fence, Lloyd. That, that part of my opening question and my, my sort of reflection over the last week has just been this idea that you know, Pep's got and has had the best attacking players in the league for a year and a bit now, and putting aside the defensive issues that we've had, what. I don't want to say it's a concern, but what will be a concern if it's the same in two or three months' time is that there, we still seem to have this same thing that we had two months into last season where our build-up is lovely until we get to the opposition's area and then it just tends to go to shit. Um, and there still seems to be a, a lack of fluidity amongst those attacking players and Guardiola's referenced it on a few occasions, not just the finishing of chances, but the choosing of the right pass, players making the right run. It's the kind of thing that I can understand hearing throughout the first season of a manager's reign. But coming into the second season, where you've still got arguably the best tools in the league, and you've not lost any of those tools, and you've had a full preseason with all of those tools. I think you'd expect. A, I I expected a little bit more from our attacking play. Um, so yeah, I'm I am I'm a bit disappointed with with the performances, particularly the attacking performances. Um, and at a certain point, because I think I, I've 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 hammered the point on quite a lot in in podcasts that I feel that we. The forwards aren't taking their chances. But I think at some point you've got to take a little bit of a step back and go, okay, um, we, in general, from an attacking point of view, uh, we haven't been amazing. 
there have been moments of amazingness. I think there was um, 20 minutes in the last game that were amazing. There were 10 minutes or 15 minutes against Everton that looked really good. There were flashes against Brighton on the opening day. But the point is that we're still in that stage where there isn't a consistent, never mind 90 minutes. I'm not seeing a consistent 45, 50, 60 minutes of playing at a very, very, very high level, which you would expect when you've got a manager like Guardiola, who's as demanding as he is in training um, and who sets standards as high as he does. You'd just, you'd expect that. Yeah. Don't, Sorry, don't forget a little bit of a long monologue. that 20 minutes against Bournemouth. We didn't score either. Yeah. We equalized. No. Then we absolutely bossed exactly. it and it's just the same problem, isn't it? I mean, some of it was, uh, you know, they couldn't get near the ball, but we didn't score. <laughs> and it's, yeah, and there's not a lot to disagree with what you said. I, I did expect a bit more. I thought Aguero and, and, Je- and Jesus have been rusty and you should be starting, you know, season like that. Uh, and Sterling, who gets much <laughs> flack, is our main goal outlet. So, yeah, yeah, it is. The, the only caveat I'd give is, is stability. Once he's put, you know, we've been changing the team so much over two years. In two years, we don't have two years, but in two years' time, the same team playing together will know where, you know, yeah. it'll be so much more fluid just because they've been playing together. So, but yeah, you still expect Pep to be able to work a bit more with these players, but. Yeah, obviously the players must take some blame as well. So, yeah, no, I mean, I just, and I'm not. I guess I make the comparison and I raise it in the way that I do, specifically because we're playing Liverpool. Um, because I feel as though you know Klopp and Guardiola are probably the two best attacking coaches in the league uh, and want their teams to play. Uh, in a very, very, very progressive and and, and attacking way. And I just, I, I feel as though, even though they've got a, I don't think an, an eight or a nine month head start, which is what Klopp has had um, on Guardiola, is long enough that his team should be more evolved at this particular point in time, because where he had eight more months Guardiola has much, much, much better tools. He walked into much better tools and he's been able to buy better tools. Um, so as danger, when we talk about how dangerous Liverpool are, it disappoints me that we're not talking about City being that dangerous. Uh, okay, uh, Lloyd, we've used a couple of different systems uh, since the season began. Do you think that will be a virtue or a hindrance in the sense that in in terms of how Liverpool approach it and also how we approach the game? I think it'll help how we approach because um, I think it's really difficult. I mean, it's difficult for us to try and uh, predict predict City's team, but, you know, it's just as difficult for, for opposition scouts or managers or whatever. Um, and I think we, we kind of looked set on the back three in that we played in the first two games Everyone expected us to play it against all the fans. I, I think we, you know, kind of saying, "Oh, we're probably going to play that against Bournemouth," and then he plays the four. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, and genuinely for this game, I don't have a clue. I really don't know. I, I, I hope he goes with a back four. Um, I hope Sane plays. Um, really? Yeah, for me, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I want us to see to get back to use. I, I think Liverpool are very vulnerable um, down the right. I mean, they've Klein's out. 
So they're going to be playing Gomez there or Alexander-Arnold. Um, and I think we need to get back to having... I think part of the reason why we've looked a bit insipid is we've not had the width and we've not had the... De Bruyne and Silva haven't had the ability to play people in behind generally uh, this season. I think that's really hampered us. Obviously, Raheem can't play in this game. So, um, yeah, I'd be, I, 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 wanna, I hope we go for a four. Um, and, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Sane. Okay, fair enough. I um, wanted to see Sane as well, just for the record. <laughs> uh, but I'm not sure I would fit it in with wanting to play, thinking that maybe we'll play three at the back. So, But, yeah. Okay, I, well, let me... I, well, I mean, we've not played him in his proper put, position much. I know he's had his problems this season, but I think he'll add more to our attacking so much. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, we've strayed into the next question. We've sort of strayed into the next question because uh, that's fine with me. Like, the, the idea that, you know, we're at our most dangerous. We were at our most dangerous when we played with the with the front three um, and the three midfield and, and the, the flat back four or whatever you want to call it. Um, but... My take is that one of the major reasons that we've struggled against Liverpool is because they've been able to overrun us in midfield. Yeah. Because that midfield three of Chan Henderson and Wijnaldum, yeah, they they just get the better of our they've they've gotten the better of our midfield over and over and over again. Um, now, if I take your let's play four three three on board, Lloyd, I'm firing this at you first, and then how would you answer it as well? Um, if you're playing with a flat back four, <laughs> what are the three that you're picking in front? Um, I'd go for Fernandinho, De Bruyne, and one of the Silvers. Just be, I, I can see where you're getting at with this. It's just for me, I don't think us playing the five in the middle um, will rectify the Vinaldum Chan Henderson problem any better than playing a three because essentially Walker and Mendy are going to be doing okay. They might be ten yards higher up the pitch, but they're you know it's essentially still going to be the same three against the same three. So, and I think we just look so much better um, attacking wise with um, with wide players and not playing both Jesus and Aguero. Okay, um, I've got nothing, eh, Sam? <laughs> really, <laughs> everything you said's true. <laughs> just I can't. Everything you both, Asan, how would you how would you? I want Sane it? to play, but I agree with Asan. I don't. I'm worried about a back four. I mean, really? I do, here's look. Here's what I think. And yeah, right? and if, and if you the next, I think yeah, you have a back three. At the end of the day, it's an extra defender on the pitch, isn't it? And yeah, the ball player who we think would be stones would step forward. You know, from defence when required, uh, further up the pitch. But we can't put Sane in that team. So yeah, I'm with Asan in a way that. I do worry about that as a flat back four because because of that defence, that midfield area, Fernandinho, who I think we've all agreed ain't in the best form anyway and isn't a true, you know, well, it proves problems. He could get overrun, couldn't he? So. I just think that we en- we will end up in a situation where we're playing at home, the onus is on us to attack, we're going to play with a really high line, Liverpool, those three midfielders will happily sit very, very, very deep. What, what are the most dangerous thing for us is pace. They will leave those two wide men. They'll push right up, yeah? Firmino will drop into the middle and suddenly that three in midfield will... Firmino will make it a four in midfield, yeah? Will be overrun. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm... I'm 
I, I don't see how does a back. I think how does a back three rectify that though? How does a back three re- rectify the the issues uh, you just the, raised? Okay, well, there's for me. There's two things, right? Firstly, I think that if you play with the um, with the three and the two wing backs and Fernandinho, you have effectively on the pitch six defensive players. You've got six players whose primary purpose for being on that pitch is defending. That's better than having four defenders or five defenders on the pitch. No, Also, for me, I guess it's about numbers in areas of the pitch, and I feel as though... If you play, if we play with the um, with the back three with the two wing backs, I think that the wing backs, knowing how dangerous Liverpool's uh, wide men will be, will be a little bit more conservative yeah. in in pushing so it could be forward. Five, three, two, and I actually three five two. Yeah, and I, I and for me actually, I think that we need to. What we need is we need control of this football match more than anything else we need to control the ball and control the match and control the tempo because as much as what you said earlier in the podcast Lloyd about this idea that we need to start quickly no actually we don't if we try and start quick Liverpool will start quickly that's what they do that's what they're good at what we need to do is control the game for the first 20 minutes make sure that Liverpool don't score and make sure that we are building up ahead of steam and building up confidence through our possession. And I think that if we just go and try and match them up 4-3-3 for 4-3-3 and try and turn it into a, yeah, like just a a game of big punches and see who can throw, who lands how many big punches, I fear that they'll be compact enough that we won't land any big punches on them. Whereas will be so open because the onus will be on us at home that they'll land one or two in the first half. And it's not inconceivable that Liverpool take a two-goal lead into half-time. I mean, it's it's, with the quality that they have, that's not inconceivable. So for me, the starting point has to be, you almost treat this like a Champions League game, like a Champions League knockout tie where you're sort of going, you know what? We th- this game isn't going to be won in the first 45 minutes, but it could be lost in the first 45. So, yeah, again, apologies for the little mini monologue, <laughs> but that's kind of how I, that's that's what, that's how I see it anyway. Lloyd, do you want to come back? Yeah, no, I think you've made, you've made good points there, definitely. Um, there's just, I just have two concerns. One, um, even though I think you, you're right in that if we play it, and I, to be honest, I, I think we will play it, um, that Walker and Mendy will be a bit more defensive-minded and that they won't bomb on as much. My concern is uh, company and Otamendi being isolated against one of Mane or Solar. Um, I think we've seen a few times this season, company especially, um, doing good fouls that I'm always applauding when he's taken one for the team and taken someone out, but he's getting, he's, they've both been caught sometimes quite high up the pitch taking. Yeah, but that's right with stones there. I don't have an issue with that. The whole point of playing that back three is that then allows Vinny and Otamendi to become isolated because they both know there's another guy behind them. Uh, so 
if they're properly skinned, they know that they've got the safety of stones. And if they want to make a tactical foul, they know it's not a red card because there's a man behind them. No, again, true. It just it still worries me though. <laughs> it still worries me. Just their pace just burning either side of them. Um, and then the second thing is, I think the attacking trade-off could be potentially fatal in that we've we've not we've not looked very good with Jesus and Aguero up front. And whilst I do think it can work um, long term, and I think there's a future for them. Uh, I'm not convinced we're gonna we're gonna score enough goals if we play if we play that team. We've looked pretty insipid generally with um, with that team. I know obviously against Everton we looked better, but that's when we you know shifted everything around. And we played with ten, and there wasn't two up front. So yeah, that concerns me because I think uh, essentially to beat Liverpool we're gonna have to outscore them. I can't see us keep keeping clean sheet even if we do play a back three or a back five, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think we just need to step up and you know do what we're but also look at ourselves and what are we good at we're supposed to be good at you know burying teams off and scoring goals so I think you know I'd like to see us focus on that but I agree with your points they are valid okay I I think I I mean I I completely agree with you that's what we're meant to be good at and I think that were we not had we not started had we taken pre-season's form into the start of this season I think this the tone of this podcast would be very different and I'd be saying very different things because normally I am absolutely of the opinion that forget about the opposition, we do what we do best. Um, but I think this is a bigger game. I think psychologically, emotionally, in terms of the narrative for the season, for what's going to happen over the rest of this first part of the season, I just think it's a really, really, really important game. Um Lloyd, pick me a team for your four-three-three. Then, so I'd have um, obviously Edison in there, Walker, Company. I'd have Stones, like I said previously, um, Mendy, Fernandinho, De Bruyne, uh, one of the Silvers. Uh, I'd look at how they both are after international duty because I know uh, David Silva played forty-five. I think Bernardo played thirty the other night, and then I'd have um, Jesus on the right, Aguero, um, Sane. Okay, interesting. Uh, Howard, do you have anything different in your four-three-three? Uh, no, <laughs> but I'm not. I don't think I'd play it though. So, <laughs> but no, it, it's pretty much okay. tallies up with that. So, so then you sorry, who did you have? Three, who did you have three, front three? Sorry, Lloyd, Jesus, had- Aguero, Sonny. Yeah. I- my other thought is maybe Aguero starts on the bench again. And I think Bernardo could play wide on the right. Mm. Just I like yeah. it. Me so like that it. Would be the change. Uh, all the papers wouldn't okay. be happy about that, though. I don't know. Be all the headlines. Who cares <laughs> what they think? Their, their headlines are irrelevant to us. Uh, okay, pick me a 3 4 3 team oh, then, Howard. <laughs> uh, well. Three centre halves pick themselves because obviously yeah, we've only got three. Two full backs pick themselves. But and you'd pick the full back. You wouldn't play Sane on one side no, and walk on the other. Can't do it. Can't. He can't do it. He can't do it. Not against Liverpool. No. So Fernandinho, KDB, uh, and again, well, Jesus up front by himself. I've not given him this much thought. I'm doubting this now. The two silvers. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely, yeah. it makes perfect sense to me. So Aguero sits on the yeah, bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both with, my uh, teams, Aguero you, you, sits on the bench. 
Yeah, so what you do, you, you, you're saying... Well, you're on the bench fit. with a back three is a big slap in the face. Why? I just think he'll. I think he'll. He'll, he'll be pissed off with oh, that. Oh yeah, I'm sure he will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, uh, I don't think that the performances of of Aguero or Jesus warrant either of them having a slapped up face like a slapped ass if either of them is dropped for any game. How would how do you I play both silvers with just Jesus then? If you're going to play a, a three, one of them. T- one of them plays that. One of them plays the. Um, the Raheem, one of them plays the way Raz plays when Raz plays in the three-four-three. So, and actually, I think it'd be yeah. Bernardo that would do that. So you basically play Bernardo as the off the forward guy because actually he's got a very sim, he's got very similar qualities to to Raz in that he's very comfortable um, collecting the ball in tight spaces and going past men like they're not there. Um, now, Sterling does it purely with pace and that sort of being able to move the ball four or five yards and boom, he's past you. Whereas with Bernardo, it's a lot more about his agility and his kind of, you know, the cleverness of how he collects and how he turns and how he moves. But I certainly, certainly think that that's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, for me, that's that's an obvious that's an obvious one with Raheem being out. If we're going to play the 3-4-3, three, three, um, Personally, I wouldn't play Aguero and Jesus, and I and I wouldn't play Aguero and Jesus in the four three three either. And that's not, you know, I'm not picking one or the other as the centre forward because I don't think either of them has been good enough to warrant saying I should be picked above the other one. Um, but Guardiola you want Jesus over Aguero, though? Not necessarily. Did I say that before? Uh, yeah, you were getting at that, yeah. No, not necessarily. I, I for me, whether it's three four three or it's four three three, only yeah. one of Jesus or Aguero plays. And I, I don't have strong plays. feelings that yeah, one should start over either. To be honest, I just think I'm trying to predict what would happen, and I think Jesus is far more likely to be picked at the moment. This week, things change. Obviously, of course, he's also. Mm. Got, quite likely to pull something out of the hat and play Sane behind uh, behind Jesus or do something that we just couldn't possibly have uh, predicted. But I just think... Mangala up front. Oh, yeah. Presence. Physical <laughs> <laughs> presence. We um, a big man up front, so there you go. Lloyd, do you think do you think he might do something crazy? Or do you think that it's just... Do you think it's one of the two? It's either 3-4-3 three, three or 4-3-3? Three, three? I mean, it's Pep. He could definitely do something crazy. He won't play Mangala up front. I think we can all sleep well tonight knowing that. But um, uh, to be honest, I even despite everything I've said, I, I I think he will go back to back three. I think you've made good points, and I think he'll be thinking along similar lines as well. Okay, okay. Um, how big a miss is Raz going to be? Bearing in mind how important he's been in in our opening fixtures so far Howard well you could argue that he'd have a mare against Liverpool uh, and I can't I didn't have time sorry I meant to look up just how he has played his record since he's left them I'm presuming it's nothing special but he would have been great off the bench anyway I mean we even saw if anyone had to endure that England game the other night you know he just in about four minutes he he created about two you know for all, yeah, for all our opinions on how brilliant he is or how the deficiencies he has, he certainly is, as part of a squad, he's a loss. But I'm not sure how we would react to playing Liverpool 
obviously he's had to put with a lot and come through it, but I'm just not sure how he'd react to playing against. Oh, mate, he just started scoring the last-minute winner. It's scoring that goal and the manner in which he scored yeah, that but... goal, having come off the bench again, I... I think it. I think it would have been absolutely nailed on. I think you could tell, in a way, in Guardiola's reaction, the fact that immediately, the almost the first thing he said was, "He doesn't get to play against yeah. his old club." I just think he was. Uh, I think he would have. And, been, he could, uh, and he could have played him behind Jesus, I guess. So. Yeah, exactly. Or behind Aguero. Yeah, yeah, who, I mean, yeah. It, it works. It works. It works either. I don't way. know. I'm kind um, of relieved though because I just don't need the. <laughs> I just don't need to read the crap about it if he has a bad performance against them. So, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I just I, I see something in his mentality this season. Um, I see something in the fact that he started the season on the bench, and rather than, and it's it it's felt like every time he's come on the pitch, he's come on the pitch motivated. I don't, I don't um, think it was good against Bournemouth. Though. I thought okay, but there's a difference between. Trying and things yeah. not. Oh, he never hides, obviously. Yeah, he never trying. hides, does he? He was there to. Yeah, but that's a. I, I think that's a massive yeah, yeah. thing. If you're talking about, if you're talking about a squad the size of our our squad and the fact that players are going to be rotated and they have to accept that, I think for. Yeah, I, I think that's a really big thing. Knowing that when your guys come on. Um, on sixty minutes or seventy minutes, that their game changes and that they won't hide. I think yeah. that's a big thing. Fair enough. Um, Lloyd, I want to ask you, it's a little bit of a minor diversion, but uh, since it, it happened very recently, um, did you read Matt Law's piece about uh, the very, 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 very speculative piece that Premier League man- other Premier League managers were sure that Sterling was going to be sold? Yeah, I did. And fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've got a few things I'd like to say on this. I think the the most the most ridiculous thing now is I think the regularity with which he's being picked on and being targeted in the media. It's becoming a bit of a joke now. Um, plain and simple, to be honest. I think it's got to the stage where, on a slow kind of news day like yesterday. Sterling has become like one of the de facto go-to topics for journalists to turn to to know oh, it's all right. I can get this will be good content. I'm going to get good hits here. We're going to get good traffic. Yeah, that'll work. No one's kind of going to no one's kind of going to say anything about that. I think that in itself, the fact that it has become a topic that has almost become like a, an easy go-to is just ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Some people might think um, we're being a bit sensitive on it, but. I, I, f- I think it's getting to a stage of just complete idiocy now. I mean, this article last night by Matt Law, so just to quote what he said, the key line from the article says, The Telegraph understands a number of top Premier League clubs and managers are under the impression that the 22-year-old is set to eventually become a casualty of, of the Spaniards' spending. So just in that one sentence, which, as I said, is the key sentence of the whole article, he's made three completely flowery assumptions understands under the under the impression and will eventually become i mean what how, how are you basing an article around this this isn't journalism um and it's it's just it's just ridiculous i mean as as dan cox highlighted earlier in the week with his graphics sterling is like the most productive winger under the age of 23 in england and by quite a distance as well 
Um, he's way ahead of Sane, who's the nearest competitor in terms of goals and assists. So I think yeah, it's getting to a bit of a tipping point for me that I think we need to, instead of, you know, uh, kind of people just kind of willfully uh, shaking your heads and being like, oh, this is silly. I think there's almost, it's almost coming to a point where we need to do something about it um, and try and, you know, say something and um, not just, yeah, not just nod, nod our heads in silence because it's just getting ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, my main problem was I watched the Malta game and Sterling was poor in the first half. You know, nothing came off. There were about four other players minimum who were equally poor. Deli Ali stood out for me. Nothing he did worked. But there was only one player that was told off at half-time. Uh, Rashford played out of position, I should say, against Slovakia. Uh, had a really poor half. Oxley chamberlain was poor in both games. What did Southgate do? Did he haul one and off? No, he swapped the wings. Uh, and he played better, which is what he should have done with Sterling. He should have moved his position. But, as always, it's different treatment for Sterling. It's not, not a problem saying he played poorly. I thought he was poor against Bournemouth and he was poor against Malta. He just, the point is, he was not the only one. Delhi Alley's had two terrible games, I think, uh, and not a word. You know, and giving the finger to whoever he was giving the finger to. Uh, and yeah, it, the treatment's different. It's always different. And it's always, you know, nothing changes, does it? I just, why haul him off after, why not try and play him in more way he prefers to play? It's just different treatment, isn't it? That's what sticks in my claw, but it's not going to change, is it? So. No, I think it was interesting. I don't know if either of you caught this, but um, I, now where did I read this? Because I read it last night. Um, or maybe I heard it on a, I think I might have heard it on a on another podcast, but it seems that both Pep and Begeristein both picked up the phone and rang Sterling um, after transfer deadline day, basically to reassure him that the stories that he had, that they were prepared to swap him were absolute nonsense. So I think that as long as behind the scenes, everybody's doing what they need to do to make sure that the lad knows how important he is to City. Uh, I think that that's fine. I think that in terms of Matt Law's piece, I said it on transfer deadline day. I said, you know, there will be, this is definitely not happening. There's no way we're letting Sterling go, but this is the beginning of Guardiola's prepared to let Sterling go next summer. And it's began already and we're barely in, we're literally seven or eight days, if that's six days into September. Um, and yeah, the, they've they've already started writing those stories. I don't know. I don't think he's ever going to get a fair shake uh, no matter what he does. And I think that we're just going to have to have to learn to live with the... Um, I think the tide might turn eventually. Um, once, if he continues to, I mean, it's a lot of it will be down to performances and unarguably if he continues what he's doing for us in the first couple of games in scoring goals and continues that for City throughout the season, I think, I mean, he had a really good season last season, it, I think in most City fans' opinion. Um, if, he, if he continues with that, it will come to the point where eventually the public perception will change. Like you said, I think the most important thing is that as long as behind the scenes he knows it's secure, that is the most important thing. I just think that there might be something that can be potentially done in terms of this 
perception because it's just got to a ridiculous level where every other fan seems to think he's shite. Um, and like we said, you know, it's kind of he's such an easy go-to topic now. In that, as you said, on a kind of slow news day, it's only seven days after they've probably had this, you know, in the bank waiting to go um, when there's a when there's a slow day. So, yeah, it's uh, it's bizarre. Yeah. Do you think he should? Uh, do you think he should uh, sack off the England team? No, that's no. just giving more ammunition. That's giving in. That's just giving. That's just giving in, isn't it? I think that well, that, that, that mean, wouldn't be the right thing to do. I think um, as difficult as it probably is, and obviously I'm not a footballer that's getting the stick that he that he does. But we've seen it before with England players where they've been absolutely maligned, and you can turn it around. I mean, everyone football fans are famously fickle and. It would only take, you know, a massive goal um, in a game, and people would easily turn. I mean, Beckham was public enemy number one, um, and it and it turned on that goal. Um, and you got to remember, I think when Sterling burst onto the scene and played that game against Italy, everyone was like, "Wow, this guy's shit hot." So, I think it's it, it, it can turn. It's just it's just it's just taken so long for it to do so. I'm surprised it hasn't already, to be honest. But people don't watch him every week, so it's just easy to feed off the media bullshit, really. Mm, yeah okay fair shout um, okay bringing this back round to the Liverpool game tomorrow to wrap this up um, oh, would a point not, be not a good result <laughs> uh, would a point be a good result uh, it'd be neither yeah. good nor bad so it'd be okay. okay Lloyd would a point be a good result oh, no I don't think it would I mean I think more I think, yeah, it would be a good result in that, you know, a point against Liverpool at home isn't the worst thing. But I think given the Everton result, given the start to the season, given the fact we've not got over the line a few times against really good teams at home, I think more than anything, we kind of, for the players and for Guardiola, I think we really need a win against a good team. And I think Liverpool would almost be better potentially than anyone else. I mean, maybe with the exception of United, I think they they are the, the team that if we beat them, it would probably give us the biggest lift because they are a little bit of the kryptonite to us. So I think it'd be, a, a win would be massive. So mm. Okay. Howard? Yeah, I'll say it's neither. A draw's just okay. <laughs> so, uh, a defeat's okay. terrible. And uh, yeah, it would be big. I mean... I'm not weighing it. We do. See, I think, if we're going to succeed this season, we will. By yeah, you'd imagine we'd have to, we're going to have to improve against the big teams. But I'm not. I'm not weighing that all that in on the first of the big games, obviously, because it's just too early to do that. But be a great tonic for us, mm. obviously. And as as Lloyd said, it's a team I think we struggle against more than any. So it would be a statement. Yeah. No, I would. I would go along with all of that. I for me, I think we. I don't think the point is a good result. Um, I think we we need to be winning. We need to be going into every single home game going, we're winning this game. doesn't matter who it is, whether it's United, whether it's Chelsea, whether it's Liverpool, whether it's Everton. We have to go in with the mentality, if we want to win the title this season, that we have to win all our home games. And we've already dropped two stupid points um, at home. So I don't see any way in which a draw tomorrow is a good result. We, we, we simply have to win. Um, having said that, I, I feel as though I've been pretty negative all the way through the podcast, which is weird because actually I feel like, 
Well, I just feel like I feel like a lot of that stuff needed to be said, but I think that Pep will listen to me. I think that we will go with the with the um the three four three. I think we will control the game, and I'm going to give a prediction. I actually think it's not going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to finish one nil to City. Wow, say that to the bank, lads. Um, how much do you want to make a prediction? Two uh, two, Desmond. Uh, just all I'm not okay. sure about is which of our players gets a red card. And which half they get their penalty in. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go for two all. Oh, how would if they get if they get a penalty, you're not doing the review. Oh, what about when the red card happens? <laughs> oh, same. You just oh, red cards. Seventy fourth minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh Lloyd, what about for you? Do you want do you want to give us a little prediction, please? Oh I was gonna go for a Desmond as well. <laughs> you can um, Oh there's oh there's a part of me that thinks it could be like a free two, but I don't know what I don't know which way it'll go. I'm not I'm not that confident about this game. Just we struggle so much against Liverpool. Um I hope they prove us wrong, go for a you know, just really go for it and put put one down. I'll go I'll go for a Desmond, let's just be safe. <laughs> I'm not, okay, I, so I can't predict all- free two Liverpool. That's fine. After all that, I'm the only one who predicts a win. Classic. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Lloyd, good to have you. No, nice one. I enjoyed that. Howard, yeah, thank you very great. much. To everybody who listened, thank you very much. This was the Friday show on the 9320 podcast. If you've not already signed up for the 9320 player, you should probably do that. It's £4 a month. Uh, this week we did a show with Colin Savage, aka Presswitch Blue, called Understanding FFP. Um, we've got a couple more specials coming in the next few weeks. We're sitting down with Marty Perrineau again uh, to talk about Pep's thoughts on the summer transfer window and the beginning of the season and, and maybe try and get some insight into what the expectations are moving forward. Um, and then we've got a very special guest who we won't announce just yet, uh, who will be on week after next uh, on the 9320 player talking about something very, very interesting. So yeah, uh, if you haven't already, head over to our website, 9320.com and uh, sign up to the 9320 player. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Friday with another Friday show. Cheers.